Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are into the playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into this Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We've got a great two hours on tap for you today as we hit day two of our three-day wildcard weekend set of doubleheaders, Michael. And last night did not deliver quite in the way that I anticipated, but still a couple of really, really intriguing games. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought the Houston uh, – Cleveland game was interesting. It kind of went different than I thought it might yeah. go, especially with Cleveland's defense not even showing up. I mean, when you give up one play drives for touchdowns, you know, a four play drive for a touchdown and, you, you know, you turn the ball over like they did, you're not going to win. But the second game, you know, we knew weather was going to impact that game. I was surprised how much Kansas City was able to throw the football. I was surprised how wide open when they played zone Kansas City was with no reaction from the Miami Dolphins. I was surprised Miami's tackling was atrocious and didn't really want to tackle. You know, that, we don't talk enough about tackling in cold weather, right? It's hard. It, it sting. It's like playing baseball in the in the spring when it's really cold and you have that wooden bat and, you know, you hit the ball and all of a sudden your hands like get shock. It's kind of similar. So Miami's tackling, but credit to Kansas City. I think that they saved their best for that game and Miami did exactly what we thought Miami would do. They can't handle the weather. They can't throw the ball with wind. And once you put them in third downs, it's over. Yeah, Miami 0-11 now in kickoff temperatures below 40 degrees, 26-7, to the final there. Um, but but let's go back to the first game of the day because for yeah. the Houston Texans as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, to absolutely crush the Browns they went, did the way they did, 45-14. to Joe Flacco throws pick sixes on consecutive possessions that end up being just a massive turning point in the game when they needed to have something happen coming out of the halftime break. Ends up falling apart, and C.J. Stroud, Michael, who has not looked like a rookie, quite frankly, most of the season, had 236 of those yards and three touchdowns before halftime, including that 76-yard touchdown to Brevin Jordan. He's the first, uh, he's the youngest, excuse me, quarterback to ever win an NFL playoff game, now passing Michael Vick, a very impressive performance for the young kid. Yeah, no, Cleveland's defense, we talked about it all year, doesn't play well on the road, plays better at home. The Texans averaged 8.1 yards per play in the game, had complete control. When you throw a flat route that you're hoping to get a five, six, seven yards, I thought Bobby Slovic did a really good job of winning first down, staying ahead of the chains without a run game, right? They had really no run game. And he was able to use the movement of the quarterback to get himself second and three making plays. And so by doing that, he, he only throws it 21 times, but he has shots down the field. And what, what, what you leave the stadium thinking if you're Cleveland is we tried to play man-to-man. It didn't work. Like they, their receivers got open on our corners. 
whether it was Ward, whether it was Newsom, whether it was Emerson, it didn't really matter. Their receivers got open. We dropped the coverage. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz even had a drop. I mean, when you go break down the game, they never had control of the game defensively. They did a wonderful job on Miles Garrett, making sure he couldn't beat them. Even when Tunsil went out with the injury, they were able to handle that. So, look, this was a dominating game. And for Cleveland, we said it all year. You know, they they had no run game because they lost so many players. And I think what Houston did a really good job of attacking this offensive line, not allowing them to run, and forcing them to continue to have to throw the ball up the field. And eventually the dam broke and Flacco made mistakes. Yeah, for as great as Flacco was at times to follow, the Cinderella story comes to an end there. And as far as what you said with the rushing game, Kareem Hunt, eight carries, 26 yards. Jerome Ford, nine carries, 17 yards. It just was not working for them in that area of the game. And for Flacco, it's like death taxes and interceptions. You know that he's going to be able to score you some touchdowns. In this case, he only gets you one, but two picks, and they end up being such backbreakers. And to go back to Stroud, 1.1 points off having a perfect passer rating in this game his 98.4 QBR is the second highest in a playoff game period since the metric began getting tracked in 2006 let's take a listen to his head coach D'Amico Ryan's giving some high praise to the rookie QB CJ is the reason why we're in this position he's special special young man special player continues to shine no matter how big the moment is like our whole team is leaning on him and he has the shoulders to carry that weight and he shows up week after week. He continues to improve week after week. Uh, no moment is too big for him. And when you have a, a young player who can shoulder the load of your team and the way the team is back behind him, the confidence that he gives our entire team, it's so cool to watch. And again, in this case, against what we thought was the top overall defense in the NFL, Jim Schwartz defense. Incredible. Yeah, it really was. And and credit Slovic and Stroud for executing a really good game plan. Uh, they were able to, to, to maneuver. They moved the pocket. They didn't let Garrett really destroy them. And they were able to, from the first drive of the game, they really, they very few three and outs in the game. Yeah. And well, obviously the defense turned the game around from 24 to 14 to 38 to 14 game over. So, you know, credit the de- their defense too. The movement of this front, especially when they're healthy, creates problems for offensive linemen. They can penetrate into the gaps. They're able to create negative plays in the run game, put them behind the down and distance count, and their athleticism and speed on defense came through. So I think it was a really good plan by Ryan. It was a really good plan by uh, by Slovic in terms of calling the game. So credit them. It was outstanding. Also, you hear the the voice that's lost in D'Amico Ryan's there on the presser. I was telling everybody all week long after being in that building at NRG for the national championship, that was one of the loudest environments that I had been in. And I wasn't sure if it was because, you know, college fans are a little bit more rowdy. Michigan fans yeah. are crazy. I heard that building was insanely loud yesterday yeah. and uh, it, it was rocking for Houston. Good for them without the, the Deshaun Watson bowl, Michael. But I, I forgot right. about that I mean, aspect of it. Yeah, we, he should have done the coin toss. Right. <laughs> I mean, look, they finally gave him something to cheer about. Right. Huh. For the for the longest time they haven't. And we know Texas is a hotbed of football, college or pro. It doesn't matter. And so those Texas. Texan fans came out and credit to Ryan's credit to Stroud, Nick Cesario with making those picks and getting this team. I think what you really learn from what they've been able to do is when you get a head coach who's on the same program, who has a system in place, and then you fit the quarterback into the right system, which they've done. Now, there's a good chance Slovak is is up for a lot of these jobs. And I think yesterday's performance really is going to give him a great opportunity to get one. I mean, he's he and Ben Johnson seem to be the two leading offensive coordinator candidates for these jobs. Tennessee with Rand Carthon having been in San Francisco with Slovak. Adam Peters in Washington having been in San Francisco with Slovak. I'm sure he's going to get great consideration. And it's funny because I remember on a Why Not Wednesday earlier this summer, we were talking about the Texans as a why not? Could you say they could make the playoffs? Could D'Amico Ryans turn this around this year? And while we thought positively of Houston, I don't think anybody could have imagined that they would have this type of a season and that C.J. Stroud would turn into what he has and that D'Amico Ryans has guided this team as well as he has. It's um, really, really remarkable. And um, it really is. 
and let, let's go to the second game of the day because the Kansas City Chiefs outlasted the Dolphins and the weather in this one. Uh, below wow. zero temperatures, minus, what was it, like 25 or 26 degrees in terms of like what it was feeling like. 26 to 7, our final score. Total stays under the 43 and a half. And quite frankly, Michael, I was just cold watching last night's game. You look at Andy Reid's mustache, Patrick Mahomes' helmet <laughs> breaking, water bottles freezing. It was, oh gosh. You know, I am a desert girl through and through that looked miserable out there you know it was miserable and you just felt like Miami wasn't really interested like they played with no urgency and you know it was like they were cold and look Tua for all the MVP votes he's going to get for all the conversation about how you know he should be the MVP we saw this coming a long long time ago he struggles to throw the ball into the wind we saw it right you take away his first read he struggles doesn't have a great arm he's a rhythm thrower make him have to with people in front of a clean pocket versus a non-clean pocket. This wasn't on him, obviously, but it's contributed to him. When they couldn't get their run game going, they put the ball squarely in his shoulders. And look, this offense... As we see it now, you know, even though they've beaten Dallas, that's their one win against a good team, and they're minus one nineteen in point differential against these these really good teams. One and six against good teams, minus one nineteen in point differential. So if you're if you're Miami, you can say, yeah, we've had a great season, it's wonderful, but. Are we really a playoff team? Are we really going to be able? We have to fix some things here because we're getting every time we play a good team, we don't get close to them. And I think you got to take a look at that as opposed to patting yourself on the back for a great season because it was for a moment. You know, I kept talking about how good they were on defense, and they were. They really were, but they lost their defense. They lost Phillips. They lost Chubb. They lost Van Ginkle. They lost Howard. They lost their corners. And all of a sudden, that defense, Vic's trying to play zone. They can't really match up the patterns. They should have. They couldn't. Then even when he blitzes, you know, they, they had an opportunity. They can't hold up in man-to-man, especially when Ramsey's not on some when, – when they go after the other corner. It was kind of the perfect storm of not being able to handle it. And give Andy Reid credit. I mean, he came in there. Mahomes – I would have never guessed Mahomes – in a win, would have thrown the ball 41 times. Never in a life. I would have thought he would have just handed the ball off to Pacheco, let him run it a little bit, but credit them. They did a wonderful job, and they were able to make the plays that they needed to make to, to really the, dominate the game. One play is all Miami's offense could do, and he underthrew that ball. I mean, if he doesn't underthrow that ball, it's probably not even going to get completed. Tua's completion percentage over expectation minus 18% on Saturday, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, which was the worst by any quarterback in a playoff game since Blake Bortles in 2017. That is not the company that you want to be keeping. No, and here's the thing. Are you going to pay him $300 million for six years? Are you going to? Like, that's the fundamental question. Does, who, I mean, yes, they are. Text me, you know, like, somebody I... texted me last night and said, somebody texted me last night and said, does Miami have the guts to not pay him? And my answer is no, they're going to pay him. And so, and don't be surprised if we continue to get, now he's got his defenders out there and he'll be up for the MVP next year. There's no question. Uh, Miami still has not won a playoff game since 2000. The second longest active playoff drought to only the Lions, who have a chance to put an end to that streak later on today. We will discuss that game and more coming up on the Lombardi Line. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriber today, you'll get unlimited access to our vsin.com slash picks page. We'll be giving some out on the program today, which will get populated there in case you miss it. For more vsin pro picks, become a vsin pro subscriber. And if you use the Lombardi Lines code, you'll get 10% off that annual subscription promo code Lombardi. Welcome back in to the Lombardi Line. Stormy Bon Tony, Michael Lombardi with you. We were initially supposed to have three wildcard weekend games coming up today, but the yeah. Steelers Bills game postponed to Monday, Michael. And we were talking about the Chiefs Dolphins weather and how cold it was. Fourth coldest game in NFL playoff history. The weather in Buffalo. Dear God. Oh, my looks God. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, look, here's what I don't think people understand. The ice bowl in Green Bay, minus 13 degrees. The Cowboys versus the Packers. That was played New Year's Eve, 1967. And then the then the Super Bowl, the first, the Super Bowl was the next week. The NFL's founding fathers, when they were at Ralph Hayes Oldmobile dealership in Canton, Ohio, never envisioned the league was going to be playing football in January. And we are, and I'm grateful that we are, and I love that we are. But Mother Nature isn't changing for the NFL. I mean, it's January, it's Buffalo, it's going to win. You know, it's going to be hard. I don't know how people are even getting into Buffalo. I don't even know how the air. I mean, I looked at, at the field right now and with the conditions in Buffalo and not that I'm a weatherman or an expert, but it doesn't look safe for anybody. And I don't know if it's going to get any better. I don't know if it's right. going to get any better. So, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's got to drive up there. That's not too bad, but I'm sure the roads aren't exactly perfect. But this will be a very challenging game for both offenses to move the football, just like we saw Miami struggle with throwing the football in that weather. I mean, Miami couldn't do it. Mahomes, you know, he was, what, 53% passing? I mean, there, there was a lot of drops, which we expect from the chief receivers. So dealing with this elements, this is why it's so important to build a team that can play in any weather. Right. Why did the Colts only win? I'm sorry, Elliot, for bringing this up. But (laughs) Elliot, our producer, is a Colts fan. Why did they only win one Super Bowl? Because they were a small team that was conducive to a dome. When they got outside, it became a problem. Right. If you're you have to build your team to play in any weather. And some of these teams just aren't there yet. Now, Buffalo, they, last year they learned it. So this year they're running the football more effectively. I don't know if they're more physical. Maybe we'll see. That's a key point to your team. And you've got to be able to do that. That's part of how you draft, how you play. And because you referenced the Chiefs, like give them some credit to on the ground yesterday, Pacheco and Clyde's Edward, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, both with like a couple hard, tough runs. Rasheed Rice had a breakout game. Um, yeah, it was a, a good performance for the Chiefs considering the conditions. The game that was supposed to be today, Steelers-Bills, Monday at 4.30 Eastern on CBS is the new time. Uh, currently a full travel ban going on there. We're expecting 60 mile an hour wins today. So hopefully it will be better on Monday. That's why we've seen the total move around a little bit. It got as low as I want to say 33, 33 and a half now all the way back up to 38. So something that we'll keep tabs on, but we do have two other games that are going to be played today, starting out there in Dallas, the Packers taking on the Cowboys spread sitting seven right now. So Cowboys laying a full touchdown total 50 and a half Mike McCarthy against his former team is there anything to the 
pressure that is inevitably on the Dallas Cowboys in this position in the postseason after the way that they've lost the last couple of years, haven't made an NFC championship in goodness knows how long versus a Packers team that's, you know, young and kind of playing with house money here, excited to have this opportunity and playing really good football the back end of the year. Yeah, I think, it, you know, certainly you're going to feel that pressure. But I think the one thing is, you know, Dallas has a game that they can refer back to. They, you know, they played them last year. Dallas was playing well and they were able to. That was a game where Dallas, you know, lost, had control of the game and then they couldn't get control of the game. Dak threw two interceptions. They weren't successful in the red zone and they lose the game to overtime. And it was Aaron Rodgers' really best game. Three touchdowns, 224 yards passing on only 20 attempts. And they were able to run the football against the Dallas front. So can they do that? The concern is, are they going to be healthy on defense? Jair Alexander twists his ankle in practice this week. He's 50-50 to play. There's some optimism that Christian Watson, who had that breakout game against the Cowboys last year, is going to play. That's going to be the key. Here's what we do know when you handicap this game. We know the Packers offensive line is very good at pass protection. And we know Love is very good, at, especially if he gets blitzed and throwing the ball against man-to-man. He's been sensational from week one to where he is today. Remarkable. He's played really well. And and I, you got to give the, this Packers receivers, they're really good. I mean, they have grown up. They're very young, but they have made a lot of plays and they're hard to cover man-to-man. They say Gilmore will play. But it's still going to be hard. These these receivers are a tough matchup. Reed has this ability with quickness and speed. You know, Wicks, they, you know, he's played really well. Watson is their vertical guy, and Dobbs can do a little bit of everything. So Musgraves back in there is the tight end with Kraft. This is a very good team offensively, just like the Cowboys. It's going to come down to the offensive, the defensive game plan, can you create turnovers and can you get some stops? I think both teams are going to have to struggle to get stops. Yeah, and because you mentioned the optimism that's been expressed about Christian Watson being able to go, the latest report I saw from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is he's going to try to test out the hamstring in pregame. Obviously, he hasn't played in more than a month, but hopeful that if all goes well in pregame that he will be available. The Cowboys, about as healthy as they could possibly be, the only injury on the report, backup quarterback Cooper Rush dealing with an illness. QB3 would be your boy Trey Lance. But now the Cowboys at home, we know, do not lose. They are perfect this season. They're riding a 16-game home win streak dating back to last season. They score at an exceedingly high rate in that building, averaging 37.4 points per game at home, the best by any team since the 2014 Packers, coincidentally. Um, as far as the total goes, sitting 50 and a half, do you think that we could have kind of a back-and-forth scoring game? I kind of see it as the Seattle game in week 13 where, you know, that was 41-35. Both teams gained 400 yards. Both teams moved the ball effectively. Dallas didn't turn it over. Seattle did one time. I see it as that kind of game. I mean, look, when you watch them play, there are throws you can make against them. There are plays that are there for you to make against the Cowboys. If you can protect the strength of the Packer offense is this offensive line has done a good job of pass protection. And Aaron Jones is healthy now. He wasn't healthy earlier in the year he's healthy now and he gives them another weapon in the backfield to go along with these really good receivers and he can run the football he ran the ball really well against them last year in Lambeau on Lambeau Field so I see this as a back and forth game do I think it's do I think it's going to be a a 76 total no like it was there but I kind of lean towards the over I took it in the Russo contest because I just think to me this is a kind of game where you can't stop scoring right yeah, because both teams are really good. You know, I think the Houston uh, uh, da- uh, Cleveland game went over because the one play drives. When you have a four play drive, a one play drive for touchdowns, that over is going to hit, right? And then you get two pick sixes, that the over is going to hit in that. I-, I think this is more about how many punts are going to be ha- had in this game. That's the question. Yeah, and you even do a little bit of a double take when you look at Jordan Love's game log, too, and you say, 18 touchdowns, one pick over the last eight starts. Okay, Jordan Love. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a high number, but I, I feel like it's kind of trending in that direction. We'll discuss this game more at length with Brian Broaddus, Dallas radio host of 105.3 The Fan and a moment former NFL scout. He'll join us the next segment. But before we continue that conversation, let's make sure we touch on a little bit what will be the uh, the Goff versus Stafford revenge, <laughs> whatever you want to call it with the Rams and Lions, Detroit laying three, the first home playoff game being played at Ford Field. 
Well, you know it's going to be loud and it's going to be very challenging for the Rams to run the football, right? You know, when the Rams struggle, right, they played at home against Seattle in what, week 11. It's, it's a 17 to 16 game. Seattle misses a field goal at the end of the game. They could have won. Why was Seattle so close to them? Couldn't run the football. 82 yards. Since that point, they have been dynamic running the ball, and they haven't turned the ball over at all. They turned it over three times against the Giants and twice against the Commanders. Those games were close, but they have to run the ball. This sets up everything that Sean McVay wants to do. And this Lions defense is tough to run the football on. So early on in this game, we're going to see the scheme runs that Sean McVay came out with and how he plans on attacking this. Because he knows that if he gets into a passing game with them and he doesn't have his play action or he has to go to a drop-back pass game, neither team wants to drop back. They don't have a drop-back pass game. Neither team wants to do that. They want to play action and utilize their their offense that they're both similar in. So uh, to me, I, I think the Lions, as bad as they've been on defense, right, if they can play the run, if they can handle the run game here at home, and usually they play better run defense at home than they do on the road. I think it gives them a great opportunity. But let's face it, you know, they, they, the last four weeks, no one has run the football effectively on them. Denver, Minnesota, Dallas, or the Vikings. Um, also, in terms of injury, Sam Laporta, it appears, trending in the right direction, according to Ian Rappaport, who Dan Campbell said had an outside shot to play earlier this week. I wasn't buying it, having him hyperextended extending his knee, but it appears he might try to wear like an offensive lineman style yeah. knee brace. So how will that impact him? We'll discuss yeah, that game. How effective can he be with that, right? How exactly. effective, right? So we'll discuss that game a little bit later. Um, Anthony DeBundo of the Action Network has some picks on that game. Michael has an official play, but coming up next, Brian Broaddus, Dallas radio host, joins us next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSEN daily newsletter. Our guy, Bill Aidey, waking up bright and early to put together today's newsletter. We've got breakdowns of today's two wildcard matchups from our guy, Brent Musburger, as well as reaction to yesterday. Get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight to your inbox absolutely free. Visit VSEN.com slash newsletter to support subscribe we've got two games on tap today as wild card weekend rolls on two out of three ain't bad as bill Steelers has moved to monday michael lombardi a little meatloaf there stormy yep. got a little meatloaf going there right Some, something like that uh michael lombardi you don't remember meatloaf stormy i'm sure you might be you. too young i am you might be too young don't hate me for the band he wrote a song called two out of three ain't bad yeah Did so he really? there you go man yeah. see this is such a failure on my part i'll try to be better no, it's it's just it, it's it's the it's the gap, right? And certainly it affects that. So, anyway, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. Maybe our guy Brian Broaddus can help us to talk about one of those games, which I'm sure he's just very relieved that they've got a dome, they've got a nice indoor building, don't have to worry about any of the weather conditions. Uh, Dallas native, host of 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, joining us now. Uh, yeah, you relieved to not have to worry about any of the conditions, Brian? How are we doing today? I'm doing great, Stormy, like a bat out of hell, right, Michael? So just like yeah, there a bat you go. Out of hell. He got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there, there you another, go. That's another meatloaf reference. By the way, meatloaf is from Dallas. So, yeah, wow. so a lot of lot of meatloaf references today. But, no, guys, really excited about today, uh, playoff football. I've been, on the, I've been on both sides of this before, uh, you know, working with the Packers and coming down here and getting my ass kicked a bunch by Jimmy Johnson and those teams and then being, you know, with DallasCowboys.com and then having to deal with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I've seen I've seen the good and the bad uh, of this uh, of this series, but it is nice to be playing some football today. Brian, what's the biggest concern around the Cowboy building when they look at this Packer offensive team? Yeah, I think Michael it has to be Dallas the last 3 weeks, uh really since the Buffalo game have done a much better job of playing run defense and you know they they've got to be concerned about uh, you know, the, the Packers and maybe their willingness to, to, you know, to run the football today. And, you know, that teams that are committed to it usually can have success against the Cowboys. Uh, you know, they, they, they've got to feel like, though, that their offense, the Cowboys offense, you know, is, at home has been just outstanding. It puts a lot of pressure on the opponents. 
it makes everybody really one dimensional too, because you're chasing points the whole day. And so, yeah, but the, the, the concern about that would be about, yeah. And the quarterback's playing really well for them. You know, I mean, he's, he's protecting the football and these young receivers, uh, they're not household names, but they're all playing to, at a pretty nice level for them. And so, you know, and green Bay also doesn't really give up a bunch of pressure and that's where Dallas is kind of at their best. So, uh, you know, there are concerns. I know the, the line says different uh, out there, but, uh, you know, yeah, it, this, this, this could be one of those games that, uh, you know, Dallas had, had better, be on their, better be on their toes for it. Well, and Brian, I have heard some people even picking the Packers potentially to win this game outright, which surprised sure. me a little bit because, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Dallas this year, and they've had a great season. Dak Prescott's been great with Mike McCarthy calling plays. It's really seemed to work out for them this year. What is the level of expectation in Dallas for this Cowboys team and their postseason run? Like, is it Super Bowl or bust? What's the feel you get? Well, it's it's set up the right way with Philadelphia. You know, when Dallas walked out of Miami several weeks ago and had lost that game, we were all looking at, uh, okay, what's the NFC South look like right now? Who's winning that? Atlanta, Tampa, you know, New Orleans. Who was going to be the team that was going to be the likely host? with Dallas being the fifth seed and then Philadelphia just completely fell apart. And so, you know, and they gave Dallas a gift Dallas, uh, you know, won the last game against the commanders. They beat the lions to get the second seed. So, you know, expectations are that, well, heck this thing, you know, the Cowboys have won 16 straight games at home and the possibility of playing two, uh, two more playoff games, uh, you know, that would bode very well. So expectations are high, but you're absolutely right you know, Dallas at any moment can revert back to uh, penalty football, turning over the ball. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that factor in that keeping the Dallas Cowboys from being as, as good as they need to be. But, you know, we haven't really seen that at home this year. The problems have been really, really on the road. Brian, when you go back and watch the game in Lambeau, and certainly that's a launching point for today's game, right? Both teams were really right. effective moving the football, and both right. teams, you know, overcame deficits and came back into the game. Do you think that's how we're going to see the game today? Do you think it's going to be that style of game? Oh, I think so, Michael. I think that, you know, to me, the, the, the difference in this one will be no Aaron Rodgers, and that's kind of been – the boogeyman for the Dallas Cowboys throughout, you know, of, of recent history, you know, the games, heck, I could go all the way standing back on the sidelines at Lambeau field in 2014, watching the ball go flying my direction and Des Bryant go up and catch it. You know, I mean, I, I've seen some crazy things happen, you know, with Aaron Rodgers uh, as the quarterback here uh, for, you know, for green Bay, but him no longer being here, I think it gives everybody a little bit of a, a little bit of a breath there, fresh air, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, I, I think that both, you know, both defenses could be under attack today. And, you know, it's which one of those can make the stops, you know, Green Bay really not much, you know, not much to lose on their end. You know, they, they kind of struggled to get in this, but they played well, uh, you know, at, at certain times this year. And, you know, they're kind of playing with a little bit of house money. So, I kind of feel like that they could be a little bit more aggressive with their approach. Yeah. A lot of pressure on Dallas, but you know, the thing is green Bay defensively, they've got to find ways, you know, Dallas can kind of match you up with, you know, they can get green Bay's linebackers and coverage. Their safety play isn't particularly great. So yeah, you know, there's, there's things that Mike McCarthy can do uh, to, to kind of try and, and, and attack this green Bay defense like he needs to. And Brian, you mentioned earlier, a lot of the times that Dallas has struggled this year, it's been when they've been on the road versus being in that building. It seems like right. offensively they click at a different level. What's been so different about them playing at home that's allowed them to have that success and winning 16 straight games there? Communication. It really has come down to communication. You know, everybody kind of makes fun of Dak, and you'll hear it in the game today as you're watching Dak's the way he gets everybody going in the cadences, he says, here we go. And, you know, he gets everybody ready that way. And you can watch Dallas play on the road. And when they get into kind of an environment where it gets loud, uh, you know, Dak is clapping his hands. He's stomping his foot to try and get the ball snapped. They, they've missed blocks, uh, you know, in games on the road, the twist stunts where uh, the, you know, you get these defensive linemen and they loop and they twist and, you know, Dallas has missed some blitz pickups. You know, they haven't got some of the routes run the correct way on the road. It really comes down to communication. And when they play at home, 
they have that ability to kind of uh, to handle that environment and you know their checks get made their their kings gets made you know, everything about it seems to function a lot better they're not struggling to get plays off uh, you know I always check the officials for these games especially for Dallas being on the road you know because what happens they'll carry these uh, their cadence deep into the deep into the play clock and you worry about the lay of game penalties that set them behind but at home they just don't seem to have those problems brian what is St- stefan gilmore's health i know he's mispracticed this week he'll will he be 100 percent? yeah i don't know about 100 percent, michael he's going to wear a harness and it's it's going to be the kind that you know it fits over the shoulders it's got the straps it's got the laces uh, the range of motion, I've told, this is one of those harnesses that the Cowboys have used in the past, and they've had some players that have dealt with shoulder injuries uh, throughout. Uh, Tank Lawrence was one of those guys. Leighton Vanderesh was one of those guys. Range of motion seems to be good. They're comfortable with the harness. Uh, Gilmore Ward in practice starting on Thursday, and everything seems to be pointing the direction of that being okay for him. Otherwise, health-wise, looking at the injury report seems great. It's just Cooper Rush, right, with an illness? Yeah, I heard this morning that Cooper will be QB2. You know, hopefully they won't have to need him. So, yeah, the Cowboys have been dealing with a little bit of a bug. It said, uh, you know, last week, Zach Martin didn't get to play. So the flu's been going through the team right now, and uh, hopefully they're going to get on the other side of this. But Cooper should be okay from, uh, from what I was told this morning. Last thing before we let you go, Brian, because uh, we got to hit the break here, but should the Cowboys lose this game, what does that mean for Mike McCarthy? Yeah, there's going to be some problems then because Jerry Jones, <laughs> 81 years old, does not have time to uh, for you know to kind of sit there and continue on with a coach that has been very good in the regular season but not in the playoffs. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. You mentioned it earlier, pressure on the Cowboys, pressure's on the coach as well. You're awesome. Thank you so much for doing this on a busy game day. Thank All you right, guys. Brian. Thanks, care. buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Take care, guys. Brian Roddis again, Super Bowl winning NFL scout, now doing great things over there on local Dallas radio. Um, and I was looking up while we were while we were, you know, getting set for this, a, a couple things on the Meatloaf catalog, Michael. And I do know some yeah. songs, so I feel like such a loser. Love Heaven Can Wait. Love Heaven yeah. Can Wait. There you go. Yeah, I love the I one do Phil Rizzuto did a little commentary. Yeah, I mean, Meatloaf was big. I, unfortunately, I think he passed away. But yeah, it was good. Bucket is uh, is both knows both teams. He started in Green Bay. He actually used to drive John Gruden to work after John Gruden crashed his bicycle into a snowbank. Yeah, used to drive him to work. That was when Gruden only could afford one car. And Bucket picked him up and uh, it, after he crashed his bike into a snowbank. I have, so, go. I have so many more questions. We have to hit the break. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. 
Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL postseason, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs that much more electric. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Vegas only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that code Vegas, V-E-G-A-S. The crown is yours. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we welcome into the show Anthony DeBundo of Action Network. And according to his Twitter bio, staff writer and calculator boy how does one get tokened calculator boy anthony yeah so it's actually been a running joke on uh, eagles twitter this year i live outside of philadelphia and uh the calculator people the boys were saying all year that the eagles weren't quite as good as their record uh and so you know there were some trolls coming after me earlier in the year uh and you know the calculator boys have been proven right so i changed that to my twitter bio well done. I love it. He gets a, he gets attacked by Eagle fans like I do all the time. That's perfect. That's that's why I love him. One thing about Anthony, I, when you read his stuff, he he doesn't hold back. He kind of says what he thinks, and it's not politically always what the narrative is out there. What were your thoughts of Tua last night? Are you still voting for him for MVP? <laughs> well, I don't get a vote, but uh, no, uh, I was I was on Kansas City pretty heavy last night. Didn't really understand the opener. I do think it was a tough spot for Miami. You know, you see them coming off of a short week here. 73 defensive plays. They had zero pass rush the entire game. It was much easier for Mahomes to just sit back there and wait for somebody to get open. Uh, they didn't even sack him once. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, Tua, you know, when you take away the middle of the field and, and all those in-breaking routes, this Dolphins offense just isn't very good. And I think it's kind of similar to what we saw with Jimmy G in San Francisco, where as good as the scheme is, as good as the weapons are, you just need to find the guy that make it work. And I don't know that Tua is the guy, even though we've seen, of course, him have a, you know, put up these really nice stats all year. You cashed in with Kansas City and with the Texans yesterday, too, who has a two and a half point dog, just have a dominant win, put up 45 points. CJ Stroud looked fantastic. I know you liked the Texans, but did you see that coming? Certainly not. Uh, I didn't think, you know, Stroud would be that dominant. I think, you know, it kind of is like a cautionary tale, right? When we look at the NFL, you know, so much of great defense in the modern NFL is built around just like who have you actually played? And Cleveland built up their this rep as an elite defense, playing a lot of backup to mediocre quarterbacks. Uh, and I think, you know, when you look across the board this year in the NFL, there was so many backups and so much bad quarterback play relative to normal that some of these defenses got a little overvalued. We've seen so many low totals this year uh, that when they face, you know, a, a capable passer like C.J. Stroud, he's just much a, a much safer bet at home indoors uh, than, you know, 39 year old Joe Flacco, uh, who, you know, we saw play four games and, and everybody kind of overreacted to. How about today? Uh, set the stage for today. Are you thinking over Green Bay Packers? Do you think the Packers have a chance to cover the seven and the seven and a half move to seven? What's your thoughts on handicapping this one? Yeah, so I, I bet the over at 49 and a half and I still like it up to 50 and a half here. 51, I think, is uh, probably the point where I would stop buying it. I think th this Dallas defense is a little overrated. I think you can absolutely move the ball on them. Uh, their defensive success rate in the second half of the season, uh, which is just, you know, success rate, positive plays, they were 29th. And you saw that as they started to play better offenses, right? They played Philadelphia, they played Buffalo, they played Miami, and all those teams moved the ball up and down the field on them. There were some turnovers, but they were able to move the ball. And I think that will be true with Green Bay. Very quietly, Jordan Love has put together a very impressive season. I think it's kind of flown under the radar because they started really poorly. But they were one of the youngest teams in the league. And since week nine, they're a top five offense by every metric, especially pass offense. He's top five in efficiency. And, you know, Dak Prescott, of course, everybody knows the stats, how good he's been at home. But this Joe Barry defense, 
bottom five in every metric. Keep in mind like who they've played too. Like Bryce Young had the best game of his career. Tommy DeVito had the best game of his career. Baker Mayfield had the best game of his season. All of this came against the Green Bay defense and Green Bay didn't even play Dallas. They didn't play Philly. They didn't play San Francisco. They didn't play most of the top offenses. They got to play the Rams without Matt Stafford. So their schedule was pretty light and they still got torched. So I I think this is going to be a high flying game indoors. Lots of points. Yeah, I agree from that standpoint. I think that this is going to be a higher scoring matchup. But when it comes to the the spread, I know you don't have an official play, but do you get the feel that seven might be too many? We've seen it come down from the seven and a half and people bet in Green Bay for a reason. Yeah, certainly. I, I would lean toward the Packers here. I got my cheese head in the other room. I, I wore it on <laughs> Greg Peterson's show uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I certainly lean toward Green Bay. I've been betting them a lot down the stretch here. I just worry about how many stops they'll get. But certainly, like, their full complement of weapons. You know, Dallas has two pretty good corners, but there's so many different ways Green Bay can come at you with with all the different options they have, whether it's, you know, Watson might be back, but Wicks has kind of had a breakout here. I like Jaden Reed, Dobbs, uh, and and they're as healthy as they've been in about two months. So uh, it's certainly going to be interesting today. But yeah, I would lean toward Green Bay. The back door is going to be very open in a game with so many points. Anthony, are you a little worried that everybody is on the Rams? Like no one that I talk to in, in the betting market, they're the public dog everybody's on them but the line has yet to move it went three and a half to three but it stayed at three all week are you a little worried that everyone everybody's on the same thing it always worries me yeah certainly Uh, i don't love that either and i think you know the one thing first off when you look at this game it's okay better coach better quarterback i think that's pretty confident you can say like yes the rams have certain advantages there but i do think there are reasons to be concerned about them and and you never know when special teams are going to rear their head but the Rams have been a historically bad special teams. And I think that's the biggest red flag and kind of backing them and, and why I'm a little bit skeptical on them, you know, making a run. Everybody's dark horse was, you know, the Rams, the team, nobody wants to play. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a reason for that. Like this offense, when they're at their best with Nakua and Cup and, and Kyron are so good, but their special teams, I think are going to be the reason they end up losing. I think three is a pretty fair number. Uh, I would lean toward the under here just because I think both offenses are going to have to be uh, methodical. Like the Rams defense, um, you know, I mean, the Lions defense can take away the run a little bit with Kyron Williams. And that's kind of a big part of this. The Rams, uh, the Lions defense actually was one of the best against the run and DVOA this year. So, you know, if they can slow down and get to Stafford, they're going to force them to be a little more methodical here. Uh, and I also think that the Lions, as much as they've been kind of, you know, flawed defensively in the secondary, they are getting Gardner Johnson back now. So maybe it's, you know, not quite as bad, but yeah, I certainly think that, uh, this game should be a, a tight one and, and maybe I uh, wouldn't be shocked if it went to overtime. Well, well, overtime, you typically don't want to take an under, but I, I definitely see right. where you're coming from on the highest total on the board, too. If there was a lean, um, the under could be in play from that standpoint. Lions looking for their first playoff win since 1992. Now, we, we talked about Eagles fans coming for you. Eagles Bucks coming up tomorrow. Any feel there? Yeah, I still like the under. I think the total's too high. Uh, you know, there's still a 43. That's about as low as I would go on it uh, with the under. But uh, I took under early in the week, and I still think it's it's got room to go down. I mean, A.J. Brown is so important to this Eagles offense because the, the offense really is just kind of relying on their stars to make plays. The scheme is very average at best. And when you watch them, you see it so often. It's, we're just going to throw, and then isolation routes to Smith and to Brown, and they're just better than most of the corners, and they win those routes, and that's how this Eagles offense kind of makes things work. Well, Tampa Bay has really improved their run defense in the second half, with Vea coming back healthy. They're much better against the run. The Eagles running backs this year are the worst after contact in the NFL. That's a concern. And then the Eagles against the Blitz. They've been the most Blitz team in the NFL. They are pretty bad. 26th in EPA per play uh, when blitzed this season, 17th and third downs. So they have not been a good offense against pressure, which Todd Bowles is going to bring plenty of tomorrow night. And then we just don't know how healthy these quarterbacks are. I think Jalen Hurts, you know, I think it's a little worse than they're letting on about his ability. And he's not going to be able to throw deep balls necessarily well. That's That hurts their explosiveness. And then on the other side, I mean, Baker Mayfield was playing some of the best ball of his career. Then you turn on the tape from the last two weeks and it looks like a different guy. So He's clearly not playing uh, at full health. Uh, And the Eagles defense, I know they haven't been good. They've been actually, quite frankly, the worst in the league since Patricia took over. But uh, they are getting some guys back here, including Darius Slay, which I think is really important because they don't have any corner depth right now. Slay coming in, he's not what he was, but he's still a pretty good corner. Him coming back into this, you know, defense and moving everybody down the depth chart is a pretty big addition. Also, Philly, 
They did give Fletcher Cox some rest last week, so they need to somehow find some pressure. They have not been getting enough pressure to overcome how bad uh, their secondary is. You know, it almost seems like their defensive line isn't in very good condition because they run out of gas. I mean, Max Crosby mm-hmm. plays 70 plays, and these guys rotate like a hockey line, and I think ultimately it just doesn't look like they have the same f- f- way they played as they did in week three when they dominated the Bucks. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's Carter and Davis, right? Like the two guys who are, you know, second and first-year players who are kind of getting their feet wet in the NFL. Early in the year, they were really good. Second half of the year, they've kind of been getting bullied, and you've seen it in the run numbers too. I mean, they are they're a bottom five run defense in the last six weeks. Uh, they were not; they were one of the toughest defenses to run against in the first half. Anthony, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you, buddy. Great and work. Did a great job, two for two yesterday. Let's keep the fun rolling today. Good job, Anthony. Absolutely. Thanks, Let's get buddy. some points. Yes, sir. Anthony DeBundo. Again, follow him on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Doing great write-ups each and every day at the Action Network. Grateful to have him join us here today. We're going to step aside, hit the break here really quickly. But when we come back for our two, Michael, we're going to make sure we do deep dives on both of the wildcard matchups that are coming up tonight. Unfortunately, we're supposed to have three games today. Bill Steelers postponed to Monday on CBS. So we'll give you a little bit of a taste of that game and continuing to recap what was a fun opening day of the NFL postseason. Stay with us. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN. We'll be right back. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.